out there welcome to another thrilling episode of and normally you would hear casey's sweet little voice saying disney channel surfers but today is a little different that's right in honor of the movie that we are reviewing today crunk's new groove the podcast also got a new groove um and by the way i'm jacob and this is Disney Channel Surfers, the podcast where we ride the waves of nostalgia, revisiting old favorites from our childhood, basically the, all the Disney goodies. Um, so yeah, as I was saying, today's episode is a little different because I am flying solo. That's right, you are stuck with my dulcet tones for the remainder of this podcast. But with that in mind, I am going to try to keep this episode a little shorter um, because we are missing that awesome peppy energy that Casey usually provides. So, um, sorry about that. And, uh, hey, you know what? If you don't like me, if I'm your least favorite of the two hosts on this podcast, just go ahead and wait until, uh, we got a couple bonus episodes and then we'll be right back on track, um, ending, you know, concluding our summer of sequels with, uh, Cinderella 3. So, um, but for now, let's, uh, let's get into Kronk's New Groove. So, a little history from me on this one. Um, Kronk's New Groove, I have never seen it before finally viewing it this time around. Um, I know growing up that, you know, a lot of people loved Emperor's New Groove, and I didn't mind it. I thought it was pretty great. Um, it definitely appealed to my comedic sensibilities at that age, but it just, it just didn't feel like a Disney movie. Now, that's kind of part of the appeal that's been uh that that's been agreed on through the years you've got these disney movies that come out that kind of don't fit into the typical disney uh disney formula um movies i think of are like so we just so lilo and stitch definitely counts as one you know um i think tarzan possibly counts um and Emperor's New Groove, of course. Um, it's kind of a random one. Uh, you know, you just get those now and then. Um, oh, God. And then Home on the Range. Uh, but, yeah, we won't talk about that one. That was just, uh, yeah, that's. I think everybody agrees that that shouldn't have happened. Um, but uh, so Crunk's New Groove was the sequel to Emperor's New Groove, starring David Spade. Hi. He's got a very distinctive voice. He's also, oh, God, he's the he was the tick for a little bit and then he also um if you've ever been to california adventures um oh god i miss those days um if you've ever been to california adventure he was the like uh, the host i guess or the 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 guide the guy that you watched on the televisions while you're waiting in the long ass line to get into the ride um patrick warburton played like this uh pilot that kind of explained to you you know what what you'd be what you'd be doing on the ride soaring over california by the way they've updated it now it's like soaring over the world i think um i think it's soaring over the world i hope it's soaring over the world and not just soaring over america because uh yeah i'm good 
All right, guys. So let's, uh, without further ado, let's get into Crunk's new groove. Let's uh, get through this plot. Um, so starting off, it starts very similarly to Emperor's New Groove, um, where it's kind of a cold open, and we're looking at, uh, if you remember that weird restaurant from the first movie, it kind of looks like that's what we're looking at, and it's, uh, this little diner that's, like, perched on a, a tall, steep mountain, um, and before you know, out of nowhere, an explosion of, I thought it was gonna be bug guts, because if you remember, they, they have these giant like pill bugs or potato bugs however depending on what region you're from um but these bugs that are like giant and they unfold and they like cook them and they fucking eat eat these bugs and they eat them with a straw it's so gross it's weird and then they eat the eat the uh carcass i don't know the the shell um so at first i thought it was that because those guts looked a lot like cheese and it turns out that's what we're looking at the a big explosion of cheese comes pouring out of this building all the while patrick warburton's beautiful voice is telling us oh yeah this is uh this is my story knew this is how my life would end up covered in cheese totally covered in cheese um or something like that so point being like so we're kind of thrown in the middle of things and then we backtrack to earlier that day and Kronk is a cook he officially cooks for this restaurant now in between while doing his uh chipmunk uh whatever it is chipmunk scouts or whatever it's called I like that we have a nice funky soundtrack and we get treated to a very sweet uh opening track talking about Kronk getting his groove back um or (laughs) getting in tune with his groove and it is a female voice that was very welcome, and she does it better, frankly. It's way better than the the Emperor's New Groove theme song. Um, he's delivering food to throughout the town, um, throughout the kingdom, if you will. Um, and this town has moves. Like all the while the this opening song is going on, he's making his way through the town, and in very, you know, Beauty of the Beast bonjour mode, all of the all of the townspeople like get in on it and not only that but they dance and they've got some really good moves been there and then david spade jumps in just to switch things up and inform us that this is not his story it is crunk's story his crunk's story not his um and they they do it very similar to the original movie where uh in the middle of the action it cuts away to david's or you know uh, uh <laughs> i keep calling it david spade um to cusco right? Emperor Cusco. Yeah. Um, yeah, it cuts to him and, uh, he just kind of lets us in on it and shows us like via a slide, um, what's going on. Um, David Spade is back. Cusco, make sure we know it's not his movie. Um, they cook some strange shit in this world. I tell you what, uh, Pacha and family are back. We get to see them. They are frequent visitors of uh, Kronk's restaurant. Uh, Pacha has a little new addition to the family, a little baby. John Goodman still provides the voice for Pacha, which I thought was pretty awesome. I love the bit when Kronk flashes his delivery badge and the narrator informs us that uh, at this super fast speed, you know how they do in commercials where it's like, this is my, this message was brought to you by void where prohibited, you know, batteries not included, um, that it's unlawful to blah, 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 blah,
So uh, I love that. They insert very modern humor into this. It's great. Krunks has friends now. Yay. Um, may you be happy till the day you die. Um, somebody cheers. Um, cute ominous music. Fog and lightning. And a guy in a robe comes in. Like it was a very random uh, comical moment. Um, and it turns out he's just a dude with a with a toucan purchased on a staff. It's very weird. Like they really had to uh, try to make it make sense. Um, and this guy is a messenger delivering a llamagram, which I love that llamagram. Um, what Kronk isn't, Kronk uh, isn't thrilled by it when he like gets the little telegram thing and he's looking at it and then everybody can tell he's stressing out. And he just, uh, what we learn is that Krunk's dad is visiting, and Krunk's dad has very high expectations and has always wanted Krunk to have a wife, you know, the simple, the American dream, if you will. He wanted him to have a wife and a, a big house on a hill and, you know, all that good stuff. And Krunk wants to get out of, like, the embarrassment of uh, talking to his father and seeing his father in this new environment like he hasn't amounted to anything he's just a cook he says um so he decides he's gonna live out his life as a shepherd as a shepherd named maria and we get crunk and drag which was really funny um but people snap him out of it um crunk uh carries pictures of his father that he takes out of his various expressions of disapproval you know the cold shoulder the nose flare of rejection which is the ultimate sign of disappointment and rejection from his father so god help us if we see that young crunk is adorable we see a little young crunk flashback um i was always different growing up which i love that, that like they just say different and like crunk isn't that different he just likes to cook and stuff and for some reason this makes him an outsider i feel like this is a nice like message for anybody who's ever felt like different or you know pe like can't help but feel that there's a nice little message here about like the gay community or you know anybody anybody who's been left out like that um you know people say you're different but different doesn't have to be bad um, he enjoys making uh, or baking for squirrels in the neighborhood. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. But Pappy or Poppy doesn't approve. Nothing I ever did was good enough for him, Crunk says. Poor little Crunk. All the man wanted was a thumbs up, man. But Crunk has work to do. Okay, so he flashes forward like his friends tell him, no, it'll be great. We can work this out. Uh, he would rather have a life story. Oh, Krunk has work to do, you know, but uh, he'd rather have a little life story moment with the waitress who is has got the best voice. Um, we'll have to find out who that is. Um, Krunk's, uh, Krunk visit an old, visits an old folks home. And hey, it's the old guy from the first movie who was voiced by the guy who does the voice of Piglet in all the regular movies nowadays. Um, the guy who threw, who was thrown out of the window for throwing off the Emperor's groove. And turns out the dude's got a name. His name's Rudy. 
And there's a lot of snappy, well-done dialogue in here. Like, I couldn't even keep track of it all. Puree of mystery meat and prune juice. These are the things that Crunk serves to the old folks' home. Yeah. Gross. Puree of mystery meat and prune juice, which they refer to as liquid gold. The old folks give Kronk a huge tip to help fund his house aspirations, and he keeps keeps it in a piggy bank. Somebody is spying on Kronk, though, through some kind of spyglass. And I love that... Spoiler alert, it's Yzma. I love that when Yzma uses a, you know, like a spyglass or something like that, her eyelashes, like, come out. It's almost like it becomes her eyeball. Um... Crunk ends up chasing a coin. Go figure, Crunk being distracted by a coin. And he's almost attacked by a cat. He's lured to some abandoned room with very familiar purple decor. And we see a familiar hairy leg and the voice of Yzma. Eartha Kit. She's dressed very cat-like, uh, leaning even more into the joke that she's voiced by the same woman who plays Catwoman from the old 60s series starring Adam West. She's still part cat. She has a tail. It's weird. So Yzma, you know, kind of uh, sits crunk down. She still has a vial of glowing pink potion that she's protective of. Um, Kronk tries to run away, but she says, I have a proposition. And he's like, ew. And so we get a little sex joke, which is very on point for Emperor's New Groove. Hmm. Something's up with Yzma. She has Kronk pull the lever. They descend into a boat, and Krunk's expectation, expecting a, a thrill-filled journey to her lair, but instead it's decorated like it's a small world. But it's okay. They eventually come to the drop, and from there it's all fun. Um, they come with photos at the end. Oh, yeah, they do the whole photo thing where you can collect them at the end. It's funny, from uh, Disneyland. She has created the elixir of life. Leave it to Yzma to create the elixir of life, which is another way of saying she's found the fountain of youth. Krunk's the one person who can make her dream come true. She wants Krunk to sell this elixir to the public, but Krunk refuses to profit off the old folks. Good guy, Krunk. You know, one of the best uh, characters in Disney canon. But Yzma promises that a thumbs up from Pappy will result if he does this, you know? Wouldn't it be nice to have that approval? And uh, she kicks into a very cool song uh, that we are uh, gifted with. Um, they convince the old folks to drink up this new potion that they invent. Uh, so um, it doesn't seem to make them look any younger, though. But they seem to be acting a lot younger. Um... They totally use some shots from Beauty and the Beast or something at one point. Slime in bottles. Then we show Yzma with her true intentions, and we show her, like, away from Kronk, and it turns out she's just pouring slime into these vials and stuff. She's totally ripping these people off. It's total snake oil. Cusco fills us in on the scam. Um, he gets Rudy to sell his house. Um, oh, God, yeah, because everybody comes, all the old folks become addicted to this potion, and so they end up 
being very meth addict-y, and, like, Rudy ends up selling his house just to keep up. Kronk does get a very nice pad out of the situation, and he gets this big house on the hill, but at what cost? At what cost? It's... It's got a golf... <laughs> it's got a golf course, for God's sakes. Um, we got a big, serious house for a big, serious guy. That's a line that gets said. I really like it. <gasps> okay. Rudy shows up naked. He sold his... Hmm? He sold his clothes, his life, everything. Um, Rudy goes full-blown golem at one point, even saying, My precious, you know, as Krunk, like, tosses him one last vial. This was back when Lord of the Rings movies were still going strong, by the way. This is early 2000s. Krunk finally realizes, with the help of his angel on his shoulder... Remember those guys? The little Krunk angel and Krunk devil? Oh, God, I love those guys. They used them a little too much in this movie, in my opinion, but hey. Um, that the And they let him know that the youth potion is totally a scam. Have you noticed that they don't look any different, Krunk? Hello? Um, Krunk comes clean and apologizes to Rudy. And the people are about to... And what's great is that Rudy forgives him. Like, he comes clean and he still forgives him. The people are about to elect Yzma as uh, their emperor to help keep the flow of potion. <laughs> you know what this is? <laughs> this is how uh, corrupt governments take over people. This is how authoritarianism happens. Krunk stops the citizens from making a big mistake, and the town chases after Yzma using scooters, skateboards, and a wooden wheel. <laughs> Um, the old folks realize they chased her through the town, which, hey, that takes some youthful, you know, youthful get up and go. So they realize, you know, it's kind of that whole, um, in Space Jam, when the tunes find they were just drinking water, but they, it instilled the confidence in them. You know, it's that whole story. So they still aren't happy with Yzma, though. It's almost like you should be grateful Yzma robbed you of every cent. And they're like, mm, no, we still hate her. They're about to get Yzma when she reveals her pink potion. Remember that? The pink potion from earlier? Which Krunk first mistakes for cough medicine. It's not cough medicine. She drinks it, turning into a fluffy bunny, and gets scooped up by a hawk. Fucking love it. Brilliant. Um, Disney, you did good with that one. Krunks prioritizes his friends over the approval of his father and moves the old folks into his mansion with all the perks. So now the old folks have a nice new home on a hill. The second, so that's like one story of his past. And we come back to the kitchen and everything like that. And then we get told another story. So it's almost like we get three stories again. Like they kind of, they disguised it very well though. So our second story has Kronk uh, leading a junior brigade of chipmunks. He falls for another leader who is modeled after Mary Poppins, I guess, and they call her Birdwell. Um, and that's a, yeah, they, they keep making like weird Mary Poppins references throughout in regards to her. Don't know why. Don't know what that's about. So begins a hardcore competition. So they, he's expecting Birdwell. Like we get the impression that Kronk is a very good leader. And stuff like that, but this Birdwell is giving him a run for his money, and so begins like this little competition. At first, like they were getting along well, but then he realizes, oh my god, you're a Birdwell, a girl. And then we get to get a battle of the sexes thing going on. He falls for, uh, uh, and uh, so they do a montage of competitions between the two sides. 
Um, a lot of funny stuff that I couldn't even begin to start listing. Um, it's really funny, and uh, it comes down to a tie. And there's a tiebreaker, one last competition, and it's like a cheer, basically. You basically have to do a dance routine. One of Krunk's kids has a devil angel on his shoulder. So he's got a little influence from Krunk here. Um, and I think this is one of uh, Pacha's kids. I couldn't tell. Um, when he realizes that he has to do whatever it takes to win. The troops' routines are very similar. And they're very like-minded. So it's funny to see that when they finally come down to the competitions. Um... The chipmunks are so exhausted, though. Chipmunks are so exhausted by the end of the day. Crunk uh, plans to make some blueberry bread, but no eggs. So he goes to find some eggs. He discovers that the other counselor is beating her own mound of blueberry dough into submission. So, you know, they all can't really sleep, so he decides to bake some bread as a peace offering. She's beating me and... <laughs> This is great because then she builds like a, she's totally ranting about her day and dealing with Krunk and she mounds up the dough to resemble Krunk and then she beats it up and Krunk has a great line. He's like, she's beating me in effigy. Krunk's eggs. And, uh, you know, he approaches her and he's like, hey, those are my eggs. And she's like, you can't. no, they're not. And he's like, look, Krunk's eggs, property of Krunk, not, do not touch except for Krunk. Which, again, is a callback to the earlier movie where it's like, oh, yeah, the poison, the poison for Cusco, the poison we've designed specifically to kill Cusco, Cusco's poison. That poison. Uh-oh, we get a little friends moment. Don't know what I was talking about there. Uh-oh, my bad. Oh, right. Oh, it reminds me of the Friends episode with Ross and his sandwich. It's like you didn't see my note saying that it, it was my sandwich property of ross okay so Kronk has birdwell so Kronk has birdwell's raisins property of birdwell do not touch except for birdwell um so they both kind of stepped on each other's toes here she claims to need the raisins but i thought i saw some in the dough you know what were those weird little black dots what the fuck and they bond over eggs at the end of the day they decide to share you know, they realize that competitiveness got the best of them. You know, and sometimes that happens. I've never been a competitive person myself, but, um, you know, if you are, you probably have friends who have to tell you this. You know, chill. Your raisins, my eggs. We could make beautiful bread together. Whoa, cue porno music. Bow, chicka, bow, bow. Right? Like, uh, again, very adult humor in these Emperor's New Groove episodes. Um, one of the most sensual scenes in Disney happens here, next to the scene from Lion King. Yeah, it's like they go through this whole process of making dough, and yeah, some of this stuff is very intimate. Oh my god, and they even reference Lady and the Tramp and Tarzan. Like, the references are everywhere in this one. Krunk wears a Michael Jackson glove, and they totally bust some moves, including the moonwalk thriller, the robot. Ugh. Michael Jackson, uh, so controversial, but great music, great performer. Um, they meet on a hilltop under the moon, and Birdwell removes her hat, and she does like the big like shaking the hair out thing, like very Baywatch type thing, but it's still in a bun. So it's like, ah, she's still uptight, but a little less uptight, maybe. Um, I thought that was so funny. All right. Um, 
and uh, anyway, like uh, competition happens, like they bond, like they get along well, and all that good stuff. And that's the end of the second story. Third story is more present time, and we get treated. We basically it's just wrapping up everything else. Um, there's a big comedy of errors that happens. It's really well done. Like Crunk um, needs someone to disguise themselves as his wife, and he gets like three different people disguising themselves. First, Pacha like volunteers his wife, and then uh, oh god, somebody else steps in. Like it becomes such chaos because all of this like, and uh, his dad finally arrives, and so like. You got Pacha getting dressed up in drag to play the wife. You have Pacha's wife pretending to be Kronk's wife. And the dad is just ultimately confused. And the dad was voiced by the same guy who was the dad on Frasier. And he also, which that same guy provided a voice in the Atlantis movie. A couple movies, actually. But uh, I definitely remember he was in the Atlantis um, animated movie with Michael J. Fox. Um, he plays the weird eccentric guy who gives the money to the expedition. Anyway, you know, Krunk's dad is awful short. It's so funny that uh, Krunk is super tall. Um, and his dad's pretty mean. Um, we knew that. And, you know, he starts to get pretty intimate with uh, one of the other... Um, <laughs> gets very intimate with, uh, I think it's uh, Pacha. See, and which is always funny when the guy doesn't know that he's hitting on a guy in drag. It's it's always funny. It's the 90s, 2000s humor. Um, eventually, everything gets revealed. Krunk comes clean. And, you know, everybody else kind of sticks up for Krunk saying how, you know, hey, you know, he might not have the house. Like, he, he's got a place. Like, he's got a job. Like, he's still worthy. And eventually, the dad comes around. And guess what? He even gives Kronk the thumbs up. This was a great movie. Um, had a pretty decent message. Sorry, I kind of uh, uh, really, um, really shortened that last bit there. Um, I just, I just basically it was just like housekeeping. It was just wrapping everything else up. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that's the movie. He gets his thumbs up. Dad learns to appreciate him. Oh, we do get our explosion of cheese at one point. That's when everything goes super crazy. Um, but uh, eventually it all gets cleaned up. You know, who doesn't like a little molten cheese now and then? Which, by the way, that would everybody would be so burned. Anyway. Normally, this is when we give our ratings. Um, it only being me, I don't... Well, I guess my rating's the only one that matters. No, just kidding. Um, but if I were to give it a rating... I would give it a solid, I'd give it a seven. Yeah, I'll give it a seven. Um, and mostly because I thought it was really good. It's definitely one of the stronger animated sequels of our summer of sequels, for sure. Um, definitely puts a lot of others to shame. I don't know if it would make, it would probably, it, it might make my top five. It just, what, what kind, I kind of talked myself out of it is because, uh, that whole three-story thing, man, like, it's a little, like, they did a good job of covering it up, but I could still tell, it's like, oh, these are just three stories that they kind of strung together. But overall, I was just really impressed. Oh, I believe, by the way, that this, is it this one, or did we already cover this? I believe Crunk's New Groove is the only movie in which all of the original 
cast voices came back. I think that's the thing. Yeah, I think it is. Because um, you even had David Spade, Patrick Warburton, you know, Eartha Kitt. Like, everybody came back. So, kind of a fun fact for you. Um, wasn't that one? I think it was. Anyway. All right, guys. Well, uh, this concludes our solo episode of Crunk's New Groove. Um, and uh, can't wait for Casey to join us. Uh, sorry about that. She was just uh, out vacationing. But uh, hopefully this wasn't too unbearable for you. Um, if I were to recommend anything, ooh, okay. So I just started watching the show on HBO Max. Um, it's available, and it's called Lovecraft Country. And I just uh, loved it. Um, it's really relevant. It's very. It reminds me a lot of uh, Watchmen, which I really got a kick out of. And it's, it's got the same thing going for it, where it's like making. Uh, addressing race issues and uh, racism, um, but through a familiar genre. Um, in this case, Lovecraft, Lovecraft horror, cosmic horror. Um, and it's really good. A really strong, um, a really strong first episode. Second episode happens soon, and they have a podcast called Lovecraft Country Radio. So I would highly recommend, first of all, Lovecraft Country, and then I would recommend Lovecraft, Con- Lovecraft Country Radio, the podcast, as a companion piece. All right, guys, that should do it. Um, thank you again for joining us. We appreciate it so much. Um, definitely send us an email, DisneyChannelSurfers at gmail.com. You can follow us at Disney Channel Surfers on Instagram or me at Jacob Bean Watson. We also... Um, are available to listen to wherever you listen to podcasts. Just keep that in mind. And, uh, yeah, we will see you next week. And then we are kicking off the September of Sparrow, where we're watching all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. So look forward to that. All right, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. (laughs) 